Good morning, Toronto. Paul Andrigo here, Toronto Real Estate Unfiltered. So today is going to be a pretty hot topic that uh, obviously hit the news waves yesterday, so to speak. Uh, it's been in the news for a while. But the, the Supreme Court has just recently ruled that the, um, the Toronto Real Estate Board cannot pursue the, the privacy um, aspect of the sold data and will be making sold data released to everyone. So, um, and this is obviously going to be probably over the next little while, uh, if, if it goes by the book, which was, which is supposed to be 60 days if it isn't contested. Um, so here's, here's the three things that you need to know. And, and there's going to be a lot of opinions, uh, about this and there always has been. And I have, haven't been spending any time having these debates with people either on Facebook or in real life, just because until it's an actual um, concern, then there there isn't anything to worry about. But in my opinion, this has been in the cards for a while. Um, and as much as privacy, I think, is still um, important to a lot of people, there are some sellers that, that I've spoken to over the years that don't want um, their information being public, uh, obviously right up until closing. Um, and that's, that's the thing for me. So the three things I'm going to focus on today are that. So number one, sold data is not closed data. And what I mean by that is that until the deal is actually signed, sealed and delivered, um, both parties are at their real estate lawyer's office signed everything, keys are exchanged, funds are exchanged, the deal hasn't closed. Um, there's a term that we have in our business called DFT, deal fell through. So along with the sold data that uh, everybody's anxious to look at, hopefully everyone will be just as anxious to know what the DFT data is, which is the deal fell through. So this happens, uh, and I'm not saying that it happens as much as the sales happen, but they do happen. So when deals do fall through in all price ranges, the information that has been posted and publicized, and of course uh, it, it'll be publicized pretty pretty wide and far, um, it's going to be hard to undo that. So I still am of the opinion that until it's closed, even the sold data, even before this decision, um, the sold data was was basically just sort of um, it's, it was in pencil, so to speak. So once it's, once it hits land registry and once it's registered as sold, um, of course that's, uh, that's usable data and, uh, that's available to, uh, whoever has access to it. So it's going to be more available. Uh, you just still have to be careful about that. That's part one. Part two, Century 21 Canada, who I'm, uh, very glad to be part of, uh, has already a few months ago for that matter, um, signed on to make sure that we were the first Canadian listings on the Zillow Group platform. So whether or not you follow all the details of real estate, it's not really important. What's important here is that this is something that has been in the works for a while. Those, and this, there, there's, there's, a, there's a true, uh, I believe it's a Charles Darwin uh, quote, um, it's not the strongest who survive. It's those who are more, most likely or more, most able to adapt. 
Um, that is, there's no more truth to that than there is in real estate. If you cannot adapt to uh, a changing marketplace and, and uh, redesign your systems and rebuild, there's really no going forward. So you literally have to always be adapting and always changing. And that's something that really appeals to me about the company that I'm with. We're, we're making such massive changes in our own industry, even though, again, Century 21, you know, we've been around for a long time, uh, even before I was part of it, the yellow blazers were the uh, the thing. Um, so kind of, I guess I can say forget that because there's, uh, there's a whole new brand and there's a whole bunch of new uh, technology going on. And again, very importantly for you as a seller in the Toronto or GTA area, um, you don't want to undermine that very important aspect of exposure. Um, why would you want to have just the basic, um, and, I, and I call it basic because it's, it's what it is. Once it's on the MLS, I mean, of course, it's, it's out there for people to see, but you also want this in other markets. If you assume that only someone from Toronto is going to buy your Toronto home, um, that's very limited thinking. So uh, you want to, you know, you want your listing when it's listed with me anyways, uh, you want it being uh, promoted along with uh, other listings in the U.S. on the Zillow Group platform, which is, I think, the largest platform in the U.S. Uh, for listings. Um, and, of course, you want it being seen overseas as well. You want, you want the maximum exposure. You want to be on the biggest stage you can, which, uh, again, is also part of my podcast, which you're listening to here, which is on Spotify. Um, as the top result for Toronto real estate. So there's two, and I know there's there's a lot more <laughs> reasons I can give you. So that was part number two. And the last part, um, and this has always been the discussion uh, over the years, because there's been so many, again, side discussions and people asking me this question, and it's never really been something that I've gotten into. And I've just said that since the beginning of time, whenever the first real estate sale was, there's always been people who have done things their way. So selling your property on your own has always been there. You don't actually need to or or should, for that matter, hire a service to help you sell your property on your own. The, the, the concept there is that you're doing it yourself. Um, to have someone else involved basically puts you in a position where, you know, you want to hire the best possible marketing people uh, and you want to make sure that you're in a position where at the end of the day, uh, your listing hasn't sold for 92% of asking where mine may be sold for 99 or 104. Um, you don't want to basically spend 2000 or, 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 or try to save $2,000 um, and lose ten. That is, that sort of goes against all the concepts, especially in real estate. So if it's not something that you do every day, if you're not on the, I guess I'd call it the Ferris wheel, if you want to use that analogy, that's, it's a good one, but you're not on the Ferris wheel every day. You're not in the process of meeting new buyers every day. It's not the easiest thing to do. And I'm not saying it's impossible. So you always have had the options. There's, there's always been four. Uh, you can choose to do nothing. When you're in the process of selling, you can simply just decide not to. You can choose to do it on your own. You can, number three, choose a traditional um, standard sort of, you know, middle of the line 
type approach, or you can go with me. And the fact that you're listening to me on this and hopefully Yes, and hopefully you're still tuned in here at the eight-minute mark. And and the reason why I'm saying that you can go with me um, versus the traditional approach is because you're listening to me on a podcast of, of some form, on some device, on some platform. Um, and that is not what uh, a lot of people in my business are focused on. Um, a lot of them are doing the, the videos and a lot of them are doing the glamour shots and all the stuff that they've always done. Um, and some of those are good, I agree, and some of them get attention, I agree. Um, in my opinion, this platform has been uh, phenomenal for myself, for my clients, even for those referral agents that I work with now um, all across Canada, the U.S., uh, and the globe. Um, some of them are tuning in, and um, you know, I'm getting some opportunities that I, I've never even thought possible. So... Um, those are my three main takeaways from the Supreme Court sole data decision. It really is, for the most part, business as usual. Buying, especially buying, um, has never been more you know uh, important. And of course, buying is you make your money when you buy. I don't think I hear enough people saying that, and that's what was literally. Um, sort of ingrained in me early on when I bought my first house in my early 20s, um, I knew at that moment, whatever I paid for it, how, whatever amount I paid at that point and stopped the clock right on that day was the money I was going to make. The, the, the future, and this is again in every real estate market, there's always going to be crests and waves. Uh, you you, you want to know which ones are, are, you know, are, are doing you the best amount of uh, favors in life. And if you've got a game plan where for the next five or 10 years, you plan to live in the city, um, there are certain properties right now that you cannot possibly avoid uh, if you're in the investing mode. You can't walk past them and, and, and you know not get involved. So um, if you do want to know what they are, if you do want to join me on one of my tours, whether it's homes, condos, or lofts, um, just again, just give me an hour. And, and I think for the fact that the average property, you know, purchase is going to be, you know, at least between, uh, I'd say on the low end, three, four, 500, and, and sometimes three, four, 5 million. Uh, I don't think an hour of your time is too much to ask. So hopefully we'll uh, be meeting up soon. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to go next week if you are. And um, let's uh, let's work on the game plan together. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, hopefully this made some sense to you and enjoy your day.